What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, it's episode 210. 210 chock full of episodes full of horror, bad jokes. Christina, I, a <laughs> bunch of other hosts that we've had on before, and friends, and yeah, it's going to be a things. great time. Stuff and things, yay. <laughs> it's holiday season, so we're going to be doing Thanksgiving-style sort of things here one week of this week, because we figured it'd be fun. Uh, all holidays have pretty much been canceled this year anyway, so. Right. <laughs> we're trying to plan our, our, our Thanksgiving night. Right, this we're going to is- do it for ourselves instead. Yeah, we're not going to be going to family. Yeah, unfortunately, but right. you know. Which is so weird. They're I'm... old and they're probably going to die, so we don't want to like... Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't want to bring in... We want to be the arbiter of death, like, coming in. Right. Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> <laughs> so this week, guys, we're going to be talking about two movies that uh, we have really nothing in common other than they're part of the Vestron collection, which if you're not familiar, Vestron is a, I believe owned by a Lionsgate, which Lionsgate bought a fuck ton of movies back in the day that they've never released into the wild on Blu-ray even. And they started Vestron as a way to put these other films out that, that people did want to see again. And one of them includes Shivers from 1975 and Little Monsters from 1989 with Fred Savage and Howie Mandel. Yeah, these movies have nothing yeah. in common. Taking a movie that's basically like sex zombies versus like kids <laughs> is kind of an awkward mix, I gotta admit. But uh, we figured Vestron movies, I better watch them in order. You know, we wanted to do that. So, and we did. And we did. So, we're gonna have quite a mixed bag for you this week for you guys to check out and then we'll also have plenty of trivia and our thoughts and some of our favorite scenes and and our normal conversations that we have about the movies and down below and then check at the end of the episode of course don't forget to see what we're going to be talking about next week but how are you christina how are you doing today I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing amazing. That's good. Are you sure? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, man. It's a. Uh, I'm actually been pretty pretty good mood. I got been trying to get some sleep, but I've been having these fucked up dreams. Uh huh. Like I told you, I had a dream about me being stuck in a parking lot trying to find my non-existent car. That sounds like a nightmare. It's yeah, it is a nightmare because it's so mundane. Right. And there's nothing interesting going on except for me looking for my car. And I even lucidly told myself, 
hey, you don't even have a car. What <laughs> are you looking for the car? Right. Like, and I'm like, no, I got to find my first car that I ever got, which, by the way, was a, I think it was a 1990 Ford Tempo. Wow. Might have been an 89. Wow. So. My, I, my first car was an 84 Cavalier. It was a hand-me-down. Was yours? Uh, well, not a hand No, I bought it. But, you know, it was used, obviously. Right. Yeah, this was handed to me, like, when I was 17. Oh, you, you just got handed a car? What the fuck? Yeah, well, it wasn't exactly a good running car. It had been in the family for years. <laughs> Actually, you know, now that I think of it, that's when I got the car. I didn't... It was older than that. It oh, was yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. It, they'd had it for many, many years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it was on its last leg. In fact, that only lasted me for, like, a month or, or like, a year. And then we had to get something else. So. Right. <laughs> But yeah, so I remember one story when I got my first, when I got my tempo, I was excited, uh-huh. happy. And I remember I was parked in some shopping center and I forgot to put it in uh, reverse and I put it forward and, oh I, my God. and I popped the fucking curb <laughs> in front of a preschool and they were all screaming inside <laughs> and shit. Like, <laughs> like I'd back through the window and cut all these kids up or something. But I just, it was just, you know, I just yeah, popped the curb. Of course, I was embarrassed, but you know, right? That's, that's, just, that's why you don't give seventeen-year-old kids cars because you know? <laughs> they'll slam into a child or something, <laughs> slam into a fucking house or whatever. But yeah, I was scared. That scared the shit out of me. I was like, "Oh my god, I fucked up already." <laughs> but um, so what? a lot of you guys that listen to the podcast have always been asking me, "Hey, do you got any more shirts? We haven't done anything like that for a while." We, we don't like to ask for things, you know what I mean? Because right. we're we're just like doing the podcast. But, you know, it does does cost a lot of money to run the show. It costs a lot of our particular time, a lot of arguments that are had behind the scenes. A lot of arguments. <laughs> All right, chill out a little bit. This is supposed to be a positive thing. But we've been reached out to by our first sponsor on the podcast. So Yay. if you guys are looking for something to help us out and help yourselves out at the same time, this would be it. Now, you may be asking, what am I talking about? Well, what are you talking about? So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hey, Christina, I'm going to go shave up down there, if you know what I mean. Oh, why don't you use the lawnmower? Not a bad idea. Let me go ahead and get. Now, the trick is you got to make sure you don't get the dangly bits in the propeller part. But it's a. Alex. Alex, no. Oh, why? Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me turn this off. <laughs> that's the wrong. Sorry about that. That's the wrong lawnmower. Oh. This one. Oh, the lawnmower 3.0 right. from Manscaped.com. Right. Listen up, guys. Our friends at Manscaped want to help make your boys downstairs clean and best friends of their own. Manscaped is the number one men's below-the-waist grooming and offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And I mean it. I actually tried it out today. (laughs) And man, I feel like a new man. Like, I really do. And ladies, don't be shy here because we might have a little something for you here too because Christina's been trying it out as well, haven't you? I have, and it works really good. (laughs) I was surprised by this. They told me that women actually do too. So ladies, listen up. Inside their perfect package 3.0, you're going to find the electrical trimmer, called the lawnmower 3.0 this baby is 100 percent waterproof guys skin safe 
and will reduce nicks to your nether regions, your nuts. Area. <laughs> or, yeah, if you don't have nuts. Your bikini area. Yeah, that's right. I tried it in the shower, and I got to say that it was actually very smooth. I didn't have any issues. I was really a little worried about it because as guys like me who've used razors to shave down there, it seriously can suck if you do it wrong, the right. wrong angle, right. or just slide it wrong. You got a nick. Feels like a forever. Uh-huh. These, I didn't have any problem whatsoever. I put my leg up and went to town. I felt like a fucking artist, you know, like a hair stylist or something, you know? Because it has the little light there so you could see shit. Yes. And also, don't forget, I actually got to try out this thing called the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, which you use after you're done drying off. I really like the smell of it. Yeah, your balls smell good. Yeah, it actually, and it feels comfortable too. Then you also have Crop Reviver. Oh, that's good. The Perfect Package 3.0. You can get an additional carrying bag. They gave us a pair of Manscaped briefs. Right. And they even gave me a t-shirt. They have plenty of other stuff in their store as well. And you'll get 20% off anything that you buy with code BTV at manscaped.com. Help yourself, men, ladies, get 20% off free shipping with the code BTV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BTV for your holiday season. So put your lawnmower away. You'll thank me later. So are your dangly bits. All right, guys. So thank you so much for Manscaped.com for that sponsorship. We really hope you guys consider using it. I actually really do like it and never right. have bought stuff from my stuff down there before. You know what I mean? No, you haven't. It's kind of nice. It's like I feel kind of special. You know, you like, are special. Like my balls got pampered. You know what I mean? <laughs> they went to the spa. Yeah, they went to the spa. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys. So we uh, decided to pick one of the movies, of course, like we always do to do a horror shot for our episode. And this week we're going to do one for Little Monsters called Ronnie's Apple Juice. <laughs> and if you see the movie Little Monsters, you're definitely not going to want to drink this. <laughs> Because it's my piss. <laughs> no, it's Maurice's. It's Maurice's yeah. piss. <laughs> it's monster piss. No, we, we actually didn't put urine in this, so don't worry, guys. But there's pretty simple ingredients in this, and we used... Izzy apple juice. Right, which is you can get at your Costco store, but if you want to use, like, maybe an apple beer, like apple crisp beer... Oh, yeah. You could replace it with that. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. Um, and you were going to use... Three-fourths of a shot of... Tequila. Tequila gold. Yeah. And... Because you want that shit yellow. Yeah, so about a... You're going to basically put a shot and a half, an ounce and a half in your mixer. Mix it with a little bit of the beer. Don't shake it because obviously this stuff is fizzy. You want to make sure that it just, you know, gives, has a little bit of a bite to it, which it'll have plenty. Mm -hmm. Then you pour it out in your two shots and you're ready to go. And then before you drink it, you say, how about a light, bud? Ooh, that was good, babe. Cheers. Cheers. It's good. It tastes like tequila. That's it. Well, you're not supposed to sip it. Leave me alone. I am a lady. I am a lady. Drink it like a fucking a real lady then. A lady of the night? No, like a sl slam the goddamn... Suck it like a cock. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. I can't fucking... I've been drinking tequila. 
Oh my god. Anyway, okay, woo. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, two little sips, huh? Good job, baby. Kicking ass. Do you want the she's rest? She's way more badass than she's giving off right now, guys. I'm just saying. Give me a break. I work. <laughs> I work she, today. She wets her mouth with it and she's like, oh, it doesn't taste good. I don't want it in my mouth. I'm like, no I shots have, taste fuck good. Fuck you. I have a fucking mixed drink that I've been sipping on this oh. whole time and I'm almost done with it. Right. That's really strong tequila, though. It tastes good with the apple. This is really good. Do you want the rest of this one? Yeah, I'll drink it here. Okay. I'll, I'll take your shot. No problem. No problem. Okay, I'll thanks, take it. You ready? Thanks. It's showtime. <laughs> all right guys so if you would like to try a ronnie's apple juice all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now that's it for horror, horror shots. shots all right guys so now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes, and potatoes of shivers from 1975 and little monsters from 1989 we're going to go ahead and do that right Christina did the work on this one, so she's going to go ahead and start it. We're going to go in chronological order of when the movies came out. Not that they would ever cross over, but coincidences do happen, so here we go. Right. Shivers from 1975. Residents of a suburban high-rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites that turn them into mindless, sex-crazed fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. Blood orgy. (laughs) (laughs) tagline is going mad is just the beginning okay this movie was written and directed by david cronenberg who of course did videodrome the fly from 1986 the remake yeah right um naked lunch and Mm. dead ringers anything else you want to add to that existence he's done a lot the brood i mean there's tons okay starring paul hamilton who plays dr roger st luke uh, he's most known as a musician. He was listed as one of the hundred major architects of American rock and roll. Out of college, he was signed to Columbian Records and Pictures, and he wrote songs for Johnny Cash, Elvis, Tom Jones, Bette Midler. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I had was to wondering that. who he was because everybody in the extras was talking about him very. F- oh, really? You know, yeah. So. So he didn't do much acting, but he was in Waxwork Two: Lost in Time. I thought. Okay, cool. That was the only other one worth mentioning. All right. Lynn Lowry plays Nurse Forsyth. She was in I Drink Her Blood from 1970, The Crazies, the original, Mm -hmm. and the remake. She was the woman on the bike. Oh, okay. (laughs) Nice little cameo. Yeah, that was nice. I didn't know that. Uh, She was also in uh, Splatter Disco, Beyond the Dunwich Horror from 2008, Rabid from 2019. Most recently, she was in Sky Sharks and Death Care. From this year. Okay. Also starring Alan Coleman, who plays Nicholas Tudor, who plays the cheating husband. Mm-hmm. He was in Pump Up the Volume, Air Force One, and Seven. Nice. Right? Susan Petrie, who played uh, Janine his, Tudor, his wife. the wife. Yeah. Um, she didn't really continue acting past the 70s, but she was in Point of No Return from 1976. Okay. All right. We got Barbara Steele. Big who, time. Yeah. Who plays Betts, the lesbian neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she Black Sunday. She was in Piranha. 
she, Pit and, in the Pendulum. Yep. Uh, I didn't realize she was in The Dark Shadows from 1991. She played Dr. Hoffman. I, I totally didn't realize that. Well, she's a awesome. scream queen for sure. Right. Most recently, she was the voice of Miranda in the Castlevania series on Netflix. Really? I didn't know yep. that. Huh. Uh, Joe Silver, who plays Dr. Linsky, he was the voice of the creep in Creepshow. Oh. Mm-hmm. And oh. He, and he was also in Rabid from 1977. The budget for this movie was 180,000 Canadian dollars. Is mm-hmm. that how you say it? Dollars. <laughs> dollars. Dol- dollars A. <laughs> Dollar A. That's really offensive. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I apologize if I. It's cool, maple syrup. Go ahead. <laughs> Alex, what did you think of Shivers? Shivers is. Wait, did you say how much it made at the box office? No. A I million. Just the, it's made a million. Okay. Made a million the first first thing in Canada. It made oh. five million overall. So it was one of the profit. first movies, by the way, who actually was able to pay back the Canadian money that they borrowed from Canada. Oh, that's nice. So oh, the first one? There's a big there's a big story on it. I'll get into that more into the into the uh extras and stuff like that. The Canada is very notorious for funding a lot of movie projects. That's why you get to see a lot of wacky, crazy stuff out there. Right, because than you do here because America, even though we're entertainment capital of the world, can't fund any of our fucking filmmakers. We don't support artists. No, we don't support artists here. You gotta struggle, you gotta fuck s- you. Support yourself. Right. <laughs> it's America. <laughs> Anyway, so this this is early Cronenberg stuff that is sort of high concept in some regards, but not nearly as high concept as some of his other more better films, if you ask me, in my opinion. But you can definitely see that this pushed the boundaries for its time in the 70s, way ahead of its time. Very influential, even possibly. And I'll explain that a little bit in the extras as well. So, But I think this is a piece of history for a movie, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's a big piece of history. This is one of the first films in Canada uh, that did horror like this. They were mm-hmm. very fond of horror back then. You know, it kind of it was kind of a faux, faux thing to do. Like it was like a no no thing to do. You know, which you got Lynn Lowry in it, Barbara Steele to boot, which is horror fans scream ladies. You know, it's it's probably more depraved I think back then than it actually is offensive now. Mm-hmm. There is a parasite that's basically passed from human to human that turns people into sexual deviants, which Cronenberg has really never been too shy of sex in his movies. Right. You know, Videodrome, Naked Lunch, Crash, all of them tackle some sort of sexual deviancy in his work. Mm-hmm. Obviously mixed with like body horror a lot of times too, which he's also known for. But I always wondered like, is Cronenberg trying to delve into something that we all have an animal instinct of? Or is he just really... Fucked up? Like, did he want a perverse intimacy or did he, you know, have intimacy issues? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, okay. I see. It's like, I'm not saying that he has intimacy is- issues, obviously, but I'm right. just saying, you know, like, it makes you wonder where... He's that getting this his, from. Yeah, because he's not shy about it at all, which right. is totally cool. I have no problem with it whatsoever. But maybe he just thought it was scary to do in in movies is to cross right. that threshold because that's you know pushing the boundaries a little bit this one has some gore in it but it's most of it is in the form of just slugs going in and out of people's bodies that make people want to fuck each other and you know make you want to fuck too so it's like night of the living orgy as a matter of fact 
Um, this movie was also known as Parasite Murders. They came within, and then hmm. they were going to call it Orgy of the Blood Parasites. Oh, that would have been cool. But it ended up being shivers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That said, this isn't particularly super engaging type of film, but it's also not completely boring to me. It does take its time to really kind of crescendo into the crazy sexual deviance on the prowl kind of thing that kind of gives it that zombie-esque feel that everybody always talks about because it feels like a zombie movie, mm-hmm. even though it's more about sexual desires and being infected by a parasite. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed watching it, and it's interesting to see early of earlier work of his compared to his more popular stuff in the 80s and 90s even. The idea is definitely a different one that you don't normally see in movies, especially in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty... Oh, yeah. You know, like, there was some 70s movies, because back then, that's when, when horror movies would be shown with porno, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Sleaze movies. Right. Although there are other movies like Beneath Still Waters that deals with like sexual like addiction and stuff like that. And they even have society, which is more of like a classist thing. Mm-hmm. But they're they're kind of having sex and right. sucking on each other in that movie. But I think it definitely falls short from his later works, but still a piece of Canadian history that caused him some troubles back in the day. And he was at least trying to push cinema to try something new and different that many other writers and directors might have shied away from. Right. And I think that's what made him stick out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So it kind of cursed him, but it also kind of helped him in the same regard Mm -hmm. because he wasn't afraid. But he's like such a well-spoken, good, you know, nice natured person. Like everyone that's ever worked with him has always said that. Like he's hyper intelligent, hyper sympathetic, understanding of other actors and stuff like that. So I'd say if you're a Cronenberg fan, you should definitely watch this. But it hasn't exactly aged all that well to newer viewers. Right. So I can understand why some people might not like it as much. So it might not be everyone's cup of tea, you know, but you have to respect it because this might've been the movie that inspired alien. Oh, okay. It's a hundred percent true. Well, this one was only like four years before alien came out, right? It's like two, three years, I think. But yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not like super engaging movie, but I think it's interesting that it might have inspired something like Alien. And who knows, guys? Like, right. You know, personally, I like this a bit better than Rabid, but it's pretty close to that same Mm -hmm. scoring. It's hard for me to score low on Cronenberg, but I'd say six, 6.5. Oh, okay. Like, I'd watch it again for sure, and I've seen it multiple times now. I'm sure you're going to hate it, because that's just... Well, I wouldn't say hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... I'm a little, like, conflicted. Okay, all right. I mean, I'm not a big David Cronenberg fan. No, you don't have to be. I'm not, like, up on that level. I did have some problems with the film. I thought it was a great concept. I mean, I could... It, it had that kind of quarantine feel because it was like in the building. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking about making a list thing. of movies that deal with a you know mm-hmm. buildings like high rises. You know yeah. what? That's a good idea since that uh, that one movie's coming out. Yeah, Evil Dead High Rise. Evil Dead High Rise. Well, yeah, they, we don't know do if that. it's if it's it's called Evil Dead Rise, and we don't know if it's going to be High Rise. But anyway, anyway, shivers. Anyway, so again, I said it's a great concept, but. Uh, this movie lacks so... 
I'm not an atmosphere person, mm-hmm. but I realize how much movies need atmosphere. This movie had like no atmosphere. Which is funny because he's known for his yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. But there was like no background music. I didn't feel scared. Like the whole time I didn't feel like uh, anything was like creeping up on me. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel like their sickness. You know what I mean? Sure. This is one of his earlier films. So, I mean, you can't, you know. Right. Right. I didn't even... I didn't even, like, the slugs and stuff was cool, but it didn't really, like, gross me out. The slugs? Or whatever. Yeah, the slugs. Okay. I just didn't That's know That's what, what they're said. called, right? Yeah. Slugs? Whatever. Parasites, slugs, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Kind of reminiscent of, like, Night of the Creeps or Slither. Right. But I swear to God, like, I won't spoil anything. Like, the end scene reminded me of, like, the faculty, so they probably got influence. They had to have gotten influence from this movie. You know what I mean? Oh, well, the faculty? The faculty. The faculty got uh, inspiration from Body Snatchers. Oh, well, yeah, that yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I probably wouldn't watch this again. I gave it a four out of ten. Okay. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was entertaining. Like, I enjoyed watching it, but I wasn't like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I just, those problems, the atmosphere thing, which is just... So weird, because, like, every time when something has too much atmosphere, like, it well, yeah, drives you're, me fucking nuts. I don't think you're a fan of, like, Videodrome, Existens, or Naked Lunch, because no. they're all very slow-burny, weird right. m- mental trips. Yeah, I, d- I think you have to be high on acid a lot of times to watch some of his stuff. Right. <laughs> but I'm right. just but saying, not this like... One. Not this one. Not this one. This one's more straightforward. It's not a high... It's it's got a good concept. It does have a good concept. I can I totally that. understand why people wouldn't like it, but I right. just I like to see. I thought it was interesting enough that it in, in, it has enough going on throughout the whole movie, right? To keep you interested, right? To know so what's it's going better on. than average. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why I say. We're, and then there were some scenes in it that I really liked. Right. That was ahead of its time. Uh, yeah, and I do think, like, if I saw this in 74, whenever it came out... Oh, you'd be blown I, away. Yeah, I would be blown away. People but, fucking went dang. crazy over that, and I'll talk about that in the extras. Oh, good, I About this movie in, in a negative light. Oh, shit. So, but yeah, guys, I mean, if you haven't seen it and you're a fan of Cronenberg, you should probably watch it. I mean, especially if you've seen Rabbit and you haven't seen this, or if you haven't seen either, watch both. Uh, not the remake. I'm not a fan of the remake, unfortunately. There's a remake? By the Saska sisters, yeah. They did a remake of Rabbit. Oh, oh, of Rabbit. Oh, yeah. And I think Slither is kind of like an ode to this and Uh uh, Night of the Creeps. Oh, like a mix of the two there. Right. So, oh, and by the way, guys, if you want to watch this, you can watch it on Tubi for free or you can check it out on, uh, you know, one of the digital sources for rent. Mm -hmm. But it is definitely on Tubi for free. So if you're interested in that, check it out. We're going to get into some of our spoiler section. So if you haven't seen this movie and you don't want anything spoiled, go down to the timestamps down below and skip to the next movie where we do a spoiler-free review of that movie next. But here's your warning. So Shivers was Cronenberg's technically third feature film, but if you watch like some of the extras of him back when this movie, like earlier footage of this movie, him talking about it, He's like kind of struggles on that because he, I think he kind of considers this to be his first major film, <coughs> but he did have other feature length movies mm-hmm. uh, that I think this was the big one though. Oh, okay. This that is the one that blew it up, you know, mm-hmm. as I mentioned before, it was the first film that Canada hadn't paid for in part that actually made money back for it, but it was very controversial in the parliament of Canada 
and debated for its social and artistic value on society because technically these films are supposed to have some sort of merit if they're paying for it. Because uh, like well. we have stuff like that here in the United States too. Kind of remember that movie Deadline we watched where they had this like wrapped around story like if you watch horror movies you're going to kill your family. Oh yeah. Do you remember? Oh yeah. Now and I they remember. got that free money for it. Yeah. So a lot of people were really upset about the sexual and violent nature and the content in this film and they're like this is what Canada paid for in our taxes and and even even Cronenberg was like you dipshits is like you fucking I made you I made five times the amount I got paid right. it back and then some on wow. the investment. Uh-huh. So they they made a lot of money. Like the Canadian government made a lot of money on this. And I'm sure he didn't make any more movies with them. No, 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 no. He's never actually filmed anywhere out in the United States, as a matter of fact. Not once. Wow. He's never wanted to. He never considered himself to be a Hollywood guy. Like, even though this movie was produced by Ivan Reitman, who is very much a Hollywood guy, mm-hmm. he just never got into that. He never oh, got into okay. the whole, like, oh, you got to itch this person's back and do this and that. And oh, this. it's because he's not American. It's because. <laughs> right. He just never, he never really liked it. Right. Anyway, the copy that we saw was from Toronto International Film Festival's restoration, by the way. So they're very proud of it in Canada. Uh Not only because they made money, but it's just, you know, it's cool to see like one of the earlier horror movies in Canada. You know, they've been, you know, horror has been around forever. I'm sure there's other stuff that's horror, but this really pushed the boundaries in Canada. Right. It's very exploitative. Um, One of the journalists at the time when they, this movie came out, Robert Fulford, he wrote, he was writing as a person named Marshall Delaney as his pseudonym or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's your fake name, your pseudonym. Yeah, yeah. his screen name. <laughs> yeah, whatever. He, he decried that the content of Shivers in the pages of the National Magazine Saturday night, since Cronenberg's film was partially financed by the taxpayer-funded Can- Canadian Film Development Corporation, known as, later, as Telefilm Canada, Fulford headlined the article, You should know how bad this film is. After all... You paid for it. <laughs> that was the headline. Dang. Right? And he called it crammed with blood and violence, depraved sex, and the most repulsive movie I've ever seen. Not only did this high-profile attack make it more difficult for Cronenberg to obtain funding for his movies thereafter, but he even got kicked out of his uh, apartment complex. Really? Yeah, in Toronto, wow. because his landlord's uh, inclusion of morality clause oh. in their in their leasing. Tenants, yeah, yeah. they're leasing. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, you know what's crazy? I forgot to mention in my review, like, I didn't really get that sexual deviant, like, it, it wasn't, like, extreme to me. Like, I thought it would be worse than it was. It was more, okay, so this is more of a mainstream movie in a way, even though it's a right. small film. It's a mainstream movie in the sense they kind of made it mainstream in Canada. Right, so right. you got to remember, like, this is a very subversive film in in the limelight. Yeah, I understand that, but I was just expecting more, like, right. nudity and, like, sexual Well, I mean, they had things. kids on fucking leashes and guys oh, who well, that's okay. were touching their daughters and stuff like that. So, I mean, there was some stuff in there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just like split second stuff. It wasn't like I thought I was expecting like a full on orgy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny, too, because when he pitched this um, script to Cinepix, which the, were the producers that funded this film, they didn't want him to be the director and they didn't tell him. Oh, 
So they were shopping the script around to other directors oh. without his knowledge. Oh, that's kind of fucked up. And of course, David Cronenberg wrote this. So the big deal was I direct it or nobody directs it. Oh, okay. So if you like the script, right. you take me too. Mm-hmm. And he talks very fondly of the guys at Cineplex. I think it was like Bob and Andre. Mm-hmm. They both like taught him on set how to direct. Oh, wow. They put intentionally put people who were very seasoned in the filmmaking industry Mm -hmm. around him so Mm -hmm. that if he needed help he could ask for it oh that's kind of cool yeah so like this is a very early cronenberg film this is not uh right this is not he's like very wet behind the ears as they call it right green green yeah he's very Mm -hmm. green on this but yeah, he found out, I guess, that some other guy who he was a filmmaker, he was like, oh, he was like, he was like, yeah, I'm trying to direct this movie Shivers and I don't know if I should move to Hollywood to get it taken care of with Roger Corman or, you know, like, I don't know what I should do because I think that I can't get it made up here. But this is before he got the funding. Oh, OK. And the guy was like, he was like, what do you direct? What are you trying to direct? He's like, oh, it's this movie called Shivers. And the guy was like, oh, I know that script. I've seen that script. He's like, how the hell <laughs> did you see the script for this? Because they were shopping it. Because they were shopping yeah. it. So he was like, look, guys, it's either me or nothing. Right. And they they caved. And then they put all those people around them mm-hmm. to ensure that it was going to end up good. See, that's so, how it should be. You know, I think so. But then again, if you got someone breathing down your neck and micromanaging you, that would have sucked. Well, I guess it, it just depends. Well, they made $5 million on when all said. So right. they did good. Right. I mentioned that, that this might have been the movie that actually inspired Alien. That's not a fake story necessarily. It's just not proven. It's not fake news. Oh, God. It's fake news, Alex. Can we not say that fucking phrase ever again? I'm just so okay. tired of it. I'm so- I just think it's funny now. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. It just makes me want to put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> sorry. Should <laughs> I not say that? No. Okay. But yeah, this movie almost uh, might have inspired Alien because this was, he said that Ridley was actually very aware of Cronenberg films at the time. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't like this movie, if Ridley didn't see this movie and that movie wasn't made, who knows? Oh, whatever. Might have never gotten Alien. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we're fine. I'm <laughs> just saying there's not there was not another movie with a parasite that, that embedded in people's mouths. And then, you know, lived in their stomach and busted out. So this was, so Shivers was just like the uh, the starter of Alien. being people, like, no, letting people be okay with parasites entering into them. Oh, it was but just, Alien did it like- It's a piece of sci-fi horror. Alien did it like 500 times better. <laughs> okay, well, just saying. Sometimes you got to step on some other ones to make what you want. And they all borrow. That kind of refers to the next movie we're going to review. No, I don't think so. I think I you're, you're wrong on that. Also, I found out some information from Lynn Lowry. She was the bl- the blonde hair, the, the nurse in the movie. Mm-hmm. She said she loved doing this role because she wasn't just some brutally slain woman like they used to do in the 70s a lot. Right, which is funny, but I still think she was like, she wasn't damsel in distress, but she was just like, I need to make dinner for this guy, like type of thing. Well, at first she was um, trying to play the coy girl, Mm -hmm. you know, and make him follow her around. Right. Which is what she wanted to do. Right. And I think it was because she wanted that woman in power kind of thing, that empowerment. 
Right. And he was like very against it. And he said, no, I just wanted to act disaffected by your stuff because I had other yeah, he had more a, important things yeah, to go on. People were dying and shit. And she said, you know, when I think about it, you know, after everything said and done, she was like, at the time, I wasn't really fond of that idea. But I think he was right. Right. Because by the end of the movie, I get him back. Right. And she and said, then, I've always thought that that was really women empowerment, right. you know, well, by that. She, she, you can't disagree with it. But, it's what she thinks. Yeah, I know. Well, I know that. <laughs> but I was just thinking, but he still rescued her. So I, she kills him in the pool by putting a slug in his mouth. Yeah, but she was infected. That doesn't count. She's doesn't, no longer a woman. Oh, my God. You know, he, anyway, that's what Lynn Lowry said, not what Christina said. <laughs> Christina overrides. So there's another scene where she stabs the guy, Lynn Lowry does, who comes to her door to rape her. She's Mm -hmm. like making dinner for the doctor because he's coming over and he said, I'll be late. Just I'll be late. And he busts in. He's like, yeah, you can help me. (laughs) And then he like rips her dress and then they get in a struggle and everything like that. And she stabs him in the shoulder. Right. Did she really do that? Yeah. So David Cronenberg and her got along really well. He filmed her when she was getting topless uh, instead of the doctor because she didn't feel comfortable around other people. Um, And David Cronenberg, she was like, you know, he was kind of handsome, you know, very nice. So I didn't mind him, but, you know, being there at all. Mm -hmm. She's like, but she's like, he filled in for that scene because she felt comfortable with him. Oh, really? And they put this little tiny, about an inch circumference, like around cork piece of cork on his shoulder and this is david cronenberg by the way the director okay he's wrestling her and she they were like you got to stab him on the shoulder on the cork Uh and it was so small she missed oh i see so they she 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 actually stabbed him she stabbed david cronenberg david cronenberg yeah wow and she she felt so terrible about it but she said he was like the most gentleman about it he was like oh you know (laughs) he was obviously in pain but he was really nice about it right so then we had a bigger piece of cork after that oh i see okay so they did it so yeah that i don't know if they kept the first scene or not but yeah Uh uh-huh so i thought that was funny but that's that's pretty much it that's like just some of the stuff i didn't do everything on the on the disc the vestron discs do include quite a bit some like Mm -hmm. old footage as well as new footage So, like, they have a little bit of both, which I like. Uh Like, they didn't skimp on these discs, and I thought that they would since they were so cheap. Yeah. And so I'm kind of glad that they have all this extra stuff. I wasn't even able to watch all of it. Uh They had two different separate commentary tracks on each disc. Oh, wow. And, like, all these extras that were loaded to the gills with, Mm -hmm. like, just awesome. So if you really like this movie, you should buy this disc. I think so. I mean, and it's cheap, too. Right. So let's get into our scenes. I'm just going to kind of break down the beginning just real quick. Basically, there's an island off Montreal in this area where people go to these luxurious apartments in a high rise building to get away from the like city life in Montreal. Uh huh. And there's only one problem. People have lost their fucking minds and want to fuck you till you become one of them. <laughs> it is kind of like an invasion of the body snatchers meets like zombies meets. Yeah. COVID. And yeah. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> anyway, so what what what's uh, something in the very beginning that you notice because they do have that one scene right off the bat where he cuts that girl open? Right. That's the one I was going to okay. say. Yeah, he well it's kind of funny because there's this girl and she's in like this school outfit and I, 
I thought it was a a teenage boy. She looked like a teenage oh, boy. She had short hair. Yes. Yeah, I mean, no offense. It's very. It kind of threw me off. Like I, I knew really it was a girl, but what I she... did it. I did it. And then this old man comes in and and starts like like messing with this little boy. <laughs> So it was kind of weird. But then, you know, you obviously her shirt comes off. You see she has tits. And then uh, he cuts her open. Right. And then he pours this liquid into her and she, it starts foaming. And then he slits his neck. Yeah. He slits his throat. I'm sorry. He, he slits well, yeah. his throat open. Which we find out later that he's the reason uh, why all this shit started. Right. He created. What, let me see if I can get this straight. He tried to create a combination of an aphrodisiac and a venereal disease to take the world over. To take the world over. Yeah, that guy that was trying to kill that girl created that. And it makes people, of course, bizarrely horny. And he was trying to kill the parasites inside of her to prevent it from stopping and then killed himself for even unleashing this on the world. And then he must have not realized that she was like the sky rise slut. Right. Right. And she had been already (laughs) passing it around to everybody. Yeah, to everybody. Young, old. Right. Every It seemed like, yeah, like a lot of people were fucking her. And they were even talking about it openly, almost, which is kind of fucked up. Well, the guys were talking about it. That's true. Yeah, like the doctor and and, uh, that old man. Yeah. The old man that's like hitting on every woman. (laughs) Like when he was in the fucking office in the very beginning and he was like Mm -hmm. talking to those women, Mm -hmm. talking their ear off. I I was like, when he got up to go in the back, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that woman's probably like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. (laughs) She's flipping through the magazine like it's a cell phone or something. She's like, leave me alone. But yeah, that scene with the the old man and the girl, and he like chokes her out and cuts her open, pouring that shit. That was pretty. Mm-hmm. That was a weird. long scene. It was a long scene. It was weird. Yeah, and I think it made people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a scene where this, you know, that that one guy who's cheated on his wife with that girl, mm-hmm. he goes down there and then he starts spitting out all these fucking these, these slugs. Mm-hmm. He like pukes. He throws up a couple. He like one goes in the toilet drain. And one, he like leans over a balcony and pukes on the top of an umbrella. And the lady's like, oh, lady, she's like, oh, poor birds. They don't see the windows and they just crash into them. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Um, Then there's another one that gets into the laundry room area Mm -hmm. where this woman's like doing like her laundry. And Christina's like commenting how she was like, they don't do powder anymore. (laughs) Like they don't do laundry detergent like that anymore. I'm like, yeah, they do. No, everything's tied or pods or liquid. Yeah. Nobody does. Well, I mean, if you can keep them away from kids long enough, you can use Tide Pods. But well. People used to snort the detergent, so I don't know. Did they really? No. I was going to say. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> didn't they make, like, didn't they use that as, like, the base for, like, meth back in the day, too? I think so. That might be a reason why they stopped. They stopped selling it. It's just too good. Yeah. You snort. Don't snort fucking <laughs> laundry, <laughs> laundry detergent. detergent, you fucking idiots. <laughs> um, but, yeah, one of the ladies is down there, and then, like, she opens up the thing, and she sees, like, there's blood dripping down, and she opens it up, and it jumps out, and it starts sucking on her face. That was funny. It was funny. That was a funny scene. And then just to jump to that lady again, I like how she pops up again, um, and, and she's all, like, decked out in makeup and stuff. Right. Like, all of a sudden, she's like, I'm a sexual old lady now. <laughs> now, I don't remember this in the... Did you... I, I know we like Slither. That's, like, one of our movies. Yeah, I like that. That mean you like, yeah. Um, it just slither grew on me. Mm-hmm. It, it it does. It's not a perfect movie, but it's what it does in it is really fun. Mm-hmm. 
and it goes really batshit cuckoo bananas. Right. But was there a scene in the movie where the girl gets a, a slug inside of her in the bathtub? And I think it. Yes. Remember the is. girl goes upstairs and then her parents are like total country mm-hmm. and she goes up to take a bath and then she gets infected. Right. And climbs yeah. down off the roof. That's the cover of the movie is right. her in the bathtub. Well, that's what, yeah. well, yeah, some covers have that. So yeah, yeah. there was a scene with Barbara Steele, mm-hmm. who has a very similar situation here. So that's why I say this movie is in some ways to, you know, we got mm-hmm. Alien, we got Slither. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have these movies if they weren't inspired by something like this. Yeah. Cronenberg. You know right. what I mean? So you got to give it a little bit of credit. Right. Stop being a piece of shit to it. I'm not being a piece of I'm shit kidding. to I'm it. I'm kidding. <laughs> just saying. Yes, it inspired these movies and they made better movies because of it. Yeah, it it was so inspiring to all these movies that spent millions and millions of dollars. But yeah, no big deal. Anyway, so I thought it was funny when Nicholas, the infected guy, was talking to his stomach. Like his stomach was hurting him. So he was laying down. Because he's trying to control them with his mind. Right, right. So I thought that was really funny. It was like pushing up like he's pregnant. Right, because he's, he's like, coming in and out of lucidness. Him. Like, he's, like, lucid, and sometimes he's not. Mm-hmm. And the wife comes in, and he's just a total fucking dickhead to her. God, yeah. You're my wife. We can have sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he's, like, like, forcing Jesus. himself on him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're my wife. We have sex whenever I want. He, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I think it's maybe it's ahead of the time there, too. Like, exposing that kind of thing, Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. Exposing I'm just that, saying, definitely. like... You know, just because we thought that the world was like normal, you know, because of the nice paint job that we had over it. Right. Underneath, it was all rust. Yeah. Everyone was abused. Right. And I think maybe maybe this movie is kind of like pointing that out Mm -hmm. is that there was this subversive layer underneath (laughs) the fresh coat of paint. (laughs) (laughs) But the uh, there's another scene. Doesn't there, like, one of the guys, like, who was talking about the disease, who was studying it or whatever, and he said he knew he was studying something, he was, like, the reporter on the outside, and he comes in, and then one of the slugs gets on his face and, like, melts it off. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. And then he gets cool. beaten by a wrench by that one guy who's the host. Mm-hmm. Nicholas. Nicholas, yeah, yeah. And there was this really bizarre scene that I want to mention that... And I'm not going to say it word for word, but just like pieces of it because I couldn't catch it all while we were watching it. This is so wild. But this is just totally, this is Cronenberg. When his writing style is like this, he is very deep. Mm -hmm. And he was like, there's a scene where the nurse and the doctor are talking and they're hiding in the sub basement. Uh Uh-huh. In like the utility room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I had a dream about this man who I was just a hundred percent repulsed by, and he was trying to tell me about sex and how flesh is erotic flesh, and the disease is the love of alien creatures. Even death is a sign of eroticism. Breathing is sexual, and I believe him. Pretty crazy monologue that they had. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, actually, that made me question wh- whether she. She had been infected that whole time, or I, oh, yes. you know what I mean. She, I think she definitely was. Yeah, she was. And then it's like, well, how did she get infected? I think she got infected when he found her being uh, <gasps> touched in the car. Oh, it was the car. Okay, because right. they didn't fully go on like into that. Remember so, when okay. she found the guy that was on top of her, right, right, in right, the right. yellow car or whatever? Yeah. yeah, that's the one. I'm pretty sure. Okay, that's when she got infected. Yeah, I mean, they don't. That, I like that they don't tell you. Right. I think that was a nice, that was a good idea. Right, because still, she said she had the dream the night before, and that wasn't the night before, it was in the car, you know what I mean? So now I'm questioning, oh, well, did she get it, like, a couple days ago? I don't you know? know, yeah. Oh, well, 
It doesn't matter. That's a little too specific for my curiosity. For <laughs> I'm not really that curious. Let's make a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. There was this scene that I think was probably the most fucked up, and it involved two little naked kids on leashes. Oh, they yeah. walked around by <laughs> by a dude in the stairwell. Which I thought was like, I was like, oh, God, I don't remember this. What's going to happen now? But they just kind of like show it as like, hey, this is how far it's going. Yeah, this is how fucked up it is. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And then they hide in that room where an old man is like making out with his daughter. And they're mm-hmm. like talking. He's like, oh, this is my daughter. Oh, she's so nice. <laughs> yeah, isn't try she nice? <laughs> and that's when they he like finally has to let that girl go. Right. Because like. She gets overtaken when he's trying to escape. Right. And then he goes outside and there's like hundreds of these yeah, there's, they're sexual everywhere. deviants everywhere. Right. And then the end of the movie was kind of interesting, too, because it has that sort of uh, body snatcher feel to it. Mm-hmm. Because they go out into the public and it's like, what are they going to bring out? They're right. normal people that just like to have sex. Right. Exactly. So they're going to affect everybody. Right. Just like COVID. <laughs> Lynn Lowry was like, well, I can think of a lot worse ways to go than that. (laughs) She's like, and in the end of the day, what's wrong with a bunch of people having sex? I was like, oh, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. (laughs) I mean, it's really not scary because, like, everybody that it infects, they like it. And it's like they're a part of it. Right. So maybe, maybe, maybe what Cronenberg was trying to say in this film is that you shouldn't be scared of sex because it was considered this deviant thing. Oh, I see. And that it's in us all. So you should have sex with your daughter. Yeah. Well, yeah. You should be kid, <laughs> just kids on leashes and stuff. No. <laughs> no, I guess you're right there. But maybe, maybe, maybe that's like, you know, because like horror movies are supposed to be about people's fears and their thoughts and their mind about certain things. And this is how we deal with death. This is how we deal with a lot of troubles in, in life and stuff like that. So. Right. He's obviously trying to, you know, bastardize it because, of course, everything is bastardized. I mean, think about pot, for Christ's sake. You know, pot has been demonized for fucking, you know, causing, you know, all these problems. And what is it now? It's a medicinal fucking herb. Right. Like, you know what I mean? almost everywhere. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you you think about that and it's like, it's like masturbation makes your hands hairy and it's against God. You know, it's you're just, gonna die. It's, it's probably die. the shifting of the times. You know, yeah, maybe exactly. That's exactly what it is. So he's a little ahead of himself because the '80s were pretty wild out there. They weren't say like, wild. Well, they weren't like just, the '60s or whatever, where it was like free love. Right, but they were just more accepting towards other sexual orientations and that sure. Kind of thing. But that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. You know, this is where it was headed. Maybe he was kind of grabbing onto that. Right. So. Ride the snake. <laughs> but we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that is from Vestron as well that just came out for the same price, 10 bucks, I think it was. That's so going for like oh, 10 wow. or $12. Um, but this movie came out in 1989. A boy discovers an incredible, gruesome world of monsters under his bed. Sexual deviant world. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's a kid's movie. <laughs> This is a PG thir- this is a PG film by the way guys that that did kind of scare a few people back in the day. 
this movie is and was directed by Richard Greenberg, and this is pretty much the first and last feature film he ever did. Oh, wow. He did direct an episode of Tales from the Crypt, though, and he has worked on visual effects for over the years. Mo- movies like Phantoms, he was like the producer on that for um, visual effects. The Devil's Advocate, The Last or Last Action Hero, Predator, and more. This was written by Terry Rosio and Ted Elliott, their writing team, and they pretty much worked on pretty much everything together, including Ladin from 92, Shrek, all the Shreks, Deja Vu, The Puppet Master, The Body Snatcher movie that we've been... There's the connect. There's the oh. connect. Matthew Broderick, Godzilla movie, Small Soldiers, Pirates of the Caribbean, many of those. He did Curse of the Black Pearl and more. Oh. So... Some of the cast in this movie is Fred Savage, who is Brian in this movie. He's the main character. He was obviously in The Wonder Years, Princess Bride, The Boy Who Could Fly, Deadpool 2, a couple of Austin Power movies, The Wizard, Vice Versa, and many more. Right. These are all like kid classics when I was growing up. Exactly. Me too. Howie Mandel stars as Maurice, the creature that he plays the monster he was in obviously gremlins movies as he's the voice of gizmo he was in bobby's world tv show he does the voice of harley quinn in the animated show right he uh, also did a movie called walk like a man which i haven't seen in forever i remember that back in the day deal or no deal he did That's that show it, okay, yeah. and he also does what's that other show that he does where he's a judge on wasn't he a judge on like uh, like america's got talent or something yeah, something yeah, like I that think he was and then they kicked him off or something yeah or something i don't know for sure also stars Daniel Stern, who plays the dad. He was in Home Alone 1 and 2, of course. Mm-hmm. And also, just like Fred Savage, was in The Wonder Years. He played oh. the older version of Fred Savage's character, Kevin oh. Arnold. Oh, my God, he did. I he remember. was the narrator. I remember. That's funny. Isn't it funny? That's like, funny, So it's yeah. kind of weird. And this is around that time. So mm-hmm. it's like... He was also in City Slickers, Chud, Frank and Weenie, Born in East L.A., Leviathan, Rookie of the Year, and Very Bad Things, which is a movie I really want to get, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a dark comedy. Also got Margaret Witten, who plays the mom. She was in Major League One and Two, The Secret of My Success, and The Best and the best of times which I just recently watched on Amazon, by oh, the way. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a movie about... With a, is like Kurt Russell and oh, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking Kurt Russell, Robin Williams movie or whatever. Oh, okay. So I just watched it on a whim the other day. It's not even my thing, but apparently it was a big movie back in the day. Uh, also stars Rick Dukeman, who played Snick. He was the bad guy, one of the bad guys in this movie. He was in movies like Spaceballs, Groundhog Day, The Burbs, Gremlins 2, The Last Boy Scout, Encino Man, Class Act, Last Action Hero, Ghost in the Machine, and Blank Check. Hmm. He is no longer with us either, so. R.I.P. He was a good one, though. Frank Whaley is in this movie. He plays Boy. He was in movies like Swimming with Sharks. He was the main guy in that. Broken Arrow, Retroactive, which is an underrated 90s film that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Time travel movie. Oh, that's fine. Very good movie, though. The Doors he was in. Vacancy. Pulp Fiction is Brett. This is a mighty tasty burger, Brett. <laughs> uh, he was in Swing Kids and a lot more. I love Swing Kids. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, that's that's where that guy's in. 
He's in oh, those. Oh, that's where I recognized him. Okay. He was one of those guys with the yeah. hair. Yeah, he was the Nazi. He was one of the Nazis. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in years. So you know what? We're going to have to watch it because literally that's one of my favorite movies. We also have Fred Savage's brother in this movie, obviously, who plays his little brother in this movie. Oh, really? As Eric. Ben Savage plays Eric. He was in Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World as well, Criminal Minds TV show, and plenty of other stuff. Also has Devin Raytray, who plays Ronnie. He was in Home Alone 1 and 2 as Buzz, mm-hmm. ooh, oh, as the brother of, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Is the, the dickhead brother. Mm-hmm. This was earlier than that movie, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in RAPD, Nebraska, Dennis the Menace, the live action movie, Surrogates, Blue Ruin, The Tick as Tinfoil Ken or Kent. He did both, I guess, in that show. Mm-hmm. And it also has special effects by Robert Short, who, coincidentally enough, also worked on Beetlejuice, Punisher oh. War Zone, Legion TV series, Sublime, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and more. So, Christina, what did you think of this movie? This was, surprisingly, my first time watching this. Yeah. It is a kid's movie. It's Well, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a teen kid's, like, you yeah, know, it's adolescent. A, I don't know why I, ne- I never saw this movie as a kid, because this movie came out when I was a kid. I think it was like a guy kids kind of film a lot of times, but I don't know. I that see more guys why. speak of it fondly than, than girls. I do see... Uh, kids being scared of this movie like yes. in that time in that time 100 percent. the monster or maurice had like like gross teeth and he was disgusting i did like how they made his character like a punk rock type of character yeah like anarchist like that type of thing and the whole monster world mm-hmm. i really liked i forgot how much i loved fred savage savage his acting like he is he was such a great kid actor and I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he was a smart kid. That's why. But he was very educated, very smart right. for his age. He, he was, was good at acting. He was right. good at acting. But he was good at those roles. You could still see that he was still learning, though, at that age when they did the behind oh. the scenes stuff. Yeah. It was like yeah. he was using words that he only kind of knew. You know, right. it was, you could just tell. It was interesting. Right. And I cannot get past the Beetlejuice factor because I still think you're wrong about that I think I think you could be wrong about that and it's just coincidental okay yeah it could be but there's a lot of coincidences I mean just the way he was acting and I don't know who ripped off who or if again if it was just a coincidence it was just a coincidence we'll save that for we'll save that part for a discussion in the the thing but let's get the initial but I also got drop dead Fred vibes from this movie too which is later than this movie yeah yeah. which but I thought that was that was curious but you know I give it you know five out of ten like I probably wouldn't watch well I might watch it again I don't know you're savage if yeah savage uh nasty bougie no rancid yeah I I can totally understand people watching it now and being kind of annoyed by it I personally grew up with this movie I watched it so many different times right so it's different perspective than me yeah I watched it a lot when I was a kid this is one of my favorite movies it was like Monster Squad Explorers it was Little Monsters and like trying to think of other kids uh, movies back then and around that time right but this is one of them you know what I mean and right. this is one of those movies that I would watch gladly anytime it came on right and I wanted to be in that world I wanted to be you know, have you this magical world that I could delve into. Monster under the bed. Right. Plus, you know, as a kid, you know, you deal with that kind of scaredness anyway. And Fred Savage wasn't afraid. Right. So I kind of looked up to that in a way. You know, like, right. I was, let's see, this came out in 89, 89. So I was about the same age as him. 
I am the same age as him, actually. Like 10, 11? Yeah, I was, I was about 12 was, years old almost. Oh, yeah. I was nine. Beetlejuice, by the way, came out in March of 88. 88, and mm-hmm. they started filming in that summer. See, it's just weird. So, that I don't sucks. know. But anyway, um, I just think it was kookier times back then. They had a lot of kooky stuff like that. Like, Explorers is kooky shit like that, right. too. You know, it's just the way it was. Right. Um, but I think, you know, with Howie Mandel's performance in the movie, it's definitely going to be a mixed bag for people who watch this movie now. And I think that's because you'd have to kind of know where Howie Mandel came from to really understand what his character that he was portraying in this movie was very much like in a way. Uh-huh. Uh, the story is really good. I think it's an interesting, very ahead of its time story. One that Monsters Incorporated stole from pretty much. Obviously. And elaborated on it, of course. But yeah, I mean, it's this underworld where this kid traps a monster in his house and instead of being scared is becomes friends with this monster to escape his life that is kind of falling apart he's in a new town doesn't know anybody doesn't have any friends and then his parents are getting divorced yeah parents are not work getting along real well so you know these are these are things that i think a lot of kids identify with and you know and think about plus you got the whole idea that you know when you get you ever get blamed for something when you were a kid that you didn't do? Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, of course. This this is the reason. These are yeah. the monsters that cause these problems that you didn't do. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting. It's clever. It's clever. Yeah, it is very clever. It's got a really dark, practical effects sort of driven uh, creatures and design, and it's really kind of a edgy version of a kids' movie. Right. Uh, I'm honestly surprised that it's not PG thirteen. Um, but maybe it was because there was no sexual content in it. Yeah, and there wasn't any cursing. Although there is the the pee part, you know. But anyway, I think it's fun. I think it's a good movie. It's got all the elements that you need to have like this sort of kid story. I am probably a lot more nostalgic for this movie, but you know, watching it again after it's been so long, I will say it hasn't aged very well. Right. Uh, for me as an adult, I didn't. I didn't find the same joy necessarily that I did when I was a kid, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Right. And I think I owned it on DVD at one point. So it's been over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So, but if you're into sort of the nostalgic sort of like 80s kind of vibe thing that we get a lot of these kids movies from back in the 80s, I'd say check it out for sure. It will be a mixed bag for those who are seeing it for their first time, especially as an adult, because I think. Howie Mandel is a little annoying in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and he's a spaz. And uh, back then, that was kind of a cool thing, I guess. It was a funny thing. It was a funny, weird, quirky thing yeah. that made people feel like, oh, I can just do whatever I want and be, I want to be like that. I want to feel like I can just be a spaz. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, that doesn't play no, out so you're well. You're just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> But I still, I like Howie Mandel and he went, you know, that's his stage act. We'll we'll get into that. That's how he was on stage. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I would give this movie a seven. Mm -hmm. But I honestly, if I were a kid today, this would be like an 8.5 or nine. Makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like if if you were to ask me back then, this would have been one of my favorite movies, probably like nine or a 10, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because you're a kid and yeah. So I feel bad giving it a seven. Like, you know what I mean? I think I think it's better because it really kind of forces the kids to have an imagination mm-hmm. and it's really creative. It's mm-hmm. super creative on a very low budget. Mm-hmm. 
You know what? Something I didn't mention was the music because I really like Talking Heads. Right. They have Talking Heads in there. They have and a lot of current mo- sounds right, from that time. Right, from that time. But they didn't pick the best ones. Like, they didn't pick good ones. Right. Which kind of pissed me off. But the end song with Talking Heads, uh, We're on a Road to Nowhere, which is, is a really... Yeah, that was good. That was... That that's That solidified my interest in the Talking Heads. Dude, I love David Byrne. Like... Some people don't like them. We do. Right. Whenever they come on, me and Christina sing them together. Right. I don't know why. It's just one of those it's things. It's catchy. It's the melody. Like, it's just good. Fun. And it makes no sense. Well, like, it was that it. time. It was that alternative. Like, it's like before the 90s came around. Yeah. It was alternative. Right. The late 80s was like the beginning well, of like alternative. New wave. Eh. It was like new wave. No, talking as But it got, wave. but, but that got played on a lot of alternative radio stations. Right. Like Talking Heads did. Right. So that's why I'm saying that. Like, you know, you got Violent Femmes. Yeah, it's it, it's very reminiscent of the Violent Femmes and shit like that that was going on at the time. In fact, I wouldn't have been surprised to hear a Violent Femmes song right, in, in, this, in this in this in uh, this movie. But yeah, I don't know. I honestly feel like it deserves more than seven. And, and I'm sure people who are hearing me talk about this now who have remembered this movie fondly. Raging. Are probably be pissed off at me right now for saying that. They should come shave your balls. They should come hit you in the face. Yeah, you're killing me, dude. <laughs> but I think people they're probably really pissed off at me right now because, you know, they 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 think of this movie fondly. But I'll be honest, watching it again, I just didn't have that same spirit. But I right. still appreciate it. Of course. For being a very big part of my childhood. Right. You know what I mean? My teenage years. My right. early preteens kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My preen. <laughs> that sounds weird. Anyway, so we do have some trivia and spoilers to discuss about this movie. You can pick these two movies up, by the way, on Vestron, from Vestron, on Amazon probably, or wherever you would buy these movies for pretty cheap. The extras are all great guys on both of these, to be honest. I thought they had a lot. Both of the discs, both of these movies that we just watched have two commentaries each, plus old and new uh, interviews and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of the older stuff is thrown in there, too. So oh, that's nice. It's kind of nice to take a look back into that time and watch those older archived footage that they did with them. So mm-hmm. a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So if you're interested, check it out. Now, if you don't want anything spoiled, go ahead and skip to the end of the podcast talk to see what movies we're going to be watching next week. Uh, but if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. Howie Mandel said that he really hated wearing latex in this and how long it took to put on and take off. Oh, I bet. He's an OCD person, so he's like... Oh, yeah, he's germ... Like, don't he's a germaphobe. My, don't shake my hand. Well, he's OCD as well, mm-hmm. so that's all part of it. You know what right. I mean? Um, he said that wearing the latex for so long, it was, it was a miserable experience. He had to do the makeup for four hours a day for months mm-hmm. and then have an hour to remove it. So it was just like every day. Right. And he was just like, I hated it. He also said that he based his character off his live stand up and not anything else other than his stand up. Because a lot of people have, have accused him of stealing from Beetlejuice. Right. Because the movie came out before. Right. This movie did. Right. But. The truth being, he really had no idea. He's like, honestly, I really don't think that much, guys. Right. I mean, he, they could have ripped off him. His right. Stand-up. It could have been his stand-up that yeah. he saw because Howie Mandel was very popular. Right. He was very popular. In fact, he, he actually talked about his story of how he became a comedian because he was a stand-up comedian. 
on a dare. Mm-hmm. Literally was at a comedy club. They had open mic night and they dared him to go up. And without thinking, he ran up on stage, fell down pretty much. Oh, my God. And where people were like staring at him, he was like, oh, shit, I didn't think about what kind of material <laughs> I was going to have to say. And he's like, what? And they were just laughing at his like weirdness. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, my God, who's this guy? And so he grabbed like his latex glove out of the back of his pocket Mm-hmm. blew it up and put it on his head mm-hmm. like a you know chicken right and that became instant success for him he became a comedian overnight uh-huh because of that that's crazy and he probably had a latex glove in his pocket because his fucking OCD. it was it was a <laughs> shtick a little right, bit right. yeah for for a little while but back then that was like you know you you had one shtick and you kind of stuck with yeah. it a little bit tried to get away from it probably too i thought it was interesting that that's how it started his career and if you see the footage of him doing that on his first time because there is video of it oh wow he you can see how nervous he really is and like you can see how spastic he was even back then in his early stuff Mm -hmm. he really was very observational humor Uh uh-huh and that's how maurice is portrayed in this he's just like like you know whatever it is so right during the shooting of this he became friends with the savages ben and fred Mm -hmm. as well as their family and their mom and their dad Oh, wow. And they would celebrate holidays together. Oh, even Like, after- during this time, because it was like four months. Right. They did this whole thing. Oh, uh-huh. And he said that they became really close friends, and they were both Jewish, so they would celebrate a lot of Jewish oh, holidays. Right. And he said a lot of the people on the set, they would invite over to celebrate these holidays with them, like Seder and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And he said that, that Fred Savage and him would mess with people who were not Jewish, <laughs> who didn't know... <laughs> how to do anything right That's awesome. and he would be like you have to you have to wet matzah on your forehead face west <laughs> and spin around and counterclockwise right. you know and they would just mess they with would people just make shit up that, yeah yeah because that's funny they thought it was funny so i thought that was a really funny story robert short who did this special effects for this movie also did beetlejuice's creature effects too and he worked on all the makeup but not not just on Snick mm-hmm. and Boy, which is predominantly he designed those characters from oh, paper okay. to prosthetic mm-hmm. or right. practical. Right. He said some other guy uh, actually designed a lot of the other characters like Maurice was not his idea, but he created, you know, based on the drawings. And, right. and he was like, yeah, a lot of these creatures are made by Alan. Mm hmm. There was a, also a lot of scenes that were cut from this movie, too, which I would really love to see when the gang go to fight boy. Mm-hmm. They had a, a scene include including a clown with a mohawk that Robert Short said was one of the best creations <gasps> that he loved. And it didn't make it in. And it didn't make it in oh, the cut. He was sucks. even in the outfit as the clown. Oh, wow. And the, yeah, it's completely gone. That sucks. I wish they would have had the extras like that in there. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Even just like behind the scenes footage would have been cool to see. Right. So he said he was really proud of that. And it sucks it didn't make the cut. So probably just a pacing thing. Right. You know, because that maybe movie was, is very tightly packed. Maybe the clown was too scary. Maybe. But yeah, there's a, you know, that's pretty much it on the trivia. I could have gone a little more, but I felt like that was enough. I felt like that answers a lot of questions and stuff. Uh, For those of you who are fans of this movie and grew up with it like I did and and, and loved and endeared this movie forever, it'll always have a special place in my heart no matter what. Uh, I'll always love the movie, even though I don't think it aged well for me. Right. Um, 
but we'll talk about some of the scenes that, uh, you know, that we saw as we were getting older. One of the things that I want to mention right off the bat that I loved about this movie as a kid is that I mentioned it kind of briefly is that Fred Savage's character, Brian, traps the monster. Right. I loved how Brian, his character, trapped the monster and made the bed like so he could pull a switch and it would drop the bed instantly right? so that he could trap the monster because he knew it was coming from under his bed, but he just didn't know how to like catch it. And I loved that aspect of it. I loved him taking control of that situation and not being afraid of it because I was petrified <laughs> of my room at night. Oh, right. Oh, was, the dark. Not and... just when I was like 12 or anything like that, but I did have a pretty overactive imagination younger uh-huh. than that. So I kind of identified with it. Oh, that's So cool. it was almost like my younger self was like. It was kind of Home Alone vibes, too, when it, when he was like rigging up the. Sure. The thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Smarter kids than they normally are, you know, kind of thing, which mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just love that. And I also liked, I always loved that they went to this other world underneath the bed. Right. That's the extra little bit of, you know. Oof, yeah. It's like a whole nother world on a whole nother layer. I love like, And when you're a kid, you think like that. You think there's like. Another world. Another world or tiny people that you. just on need you to tap that, in. Yeah. That parents forgot about because they gave up so long ago. Right. Which is where like Peter Pan and that kind of shit sure. comes from. Right. Same, yeah. Same concept. They gave up on those ideas. And so. what's cool too is like this is totally like a kid's movie because he's eating peanut butter and onion sandwiches. You know, well, I never did that, but you know, I'm it's curious just some... to try it. <laughs> I know it sounds interesting. We do have onions and peanut butter. Maybe we'll just try a little piece. Okay, you, what... you go, you go right ahead. That's fine. That's weird. <laughs> did you like how uh, Maurice looked? Like I did. Howie Mandel's character. I did. How he's kind of punk. Yeah. He had the mohawk. He had the leather jacket. He had the dangly little skeleton earring. He was yeah. totally punk rock. Yeah. Very much. For that time. Yeah. For the late 80s, yeah. He didn't wear chucks. He wore, like, early sketchers or something like that. I was paying attention when we were watching. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't didn't even pay attention. You know, it's funny. He also, um, Howie Mandel still had his jacket. Oh, really? He He still still kept that jacket Mm -hmm. from that movie, Mm -hmm. and it still fits him today. Oh, that's cool. He's like, he's like, I fit, I'm monster size. He's like, that's weird. (laughs) How many years? How old is this movie? He's like, I'm still the same size. Right. It's like 30 years old. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, dude. I mean, mean, can you imagine how much that jacket's worth to somebody? Yeah, exactly. To some kid out there who wanted to wear that jacket watching the movie like myself. Right, right. Like, I would just love to try it on. Yeah, It wouldn't fit me, probably. But, you know, it's just (laughs) probably rip it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I loved in the beginning when, like, Maurice's eyes pop out. Right, that was one of my. That's the creepy scenes. thing. Yeah, it was really creepy, and it was this claymation inserted in there. Which yeah, still, it, I thought that holds up. Like that effect still holds up. Yeah, I thought so too. And I loved how like the creature turned into clothes when the lights came on. Yeah, I I like that. That's too. That's just so yeah. Because then creative. you're like, well, where where did he really go? Like, why is you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a pile of clothes is, on the floor. Is he really? Is he dead? Or is you know? It's, right. It's, it adds another element to it. It really does. And there's a lot of thought put into this movie with that. Right. And the like the parents never saw the monsters at all, ever. It was just the kids. Right. You know? Well, they would hear the ruckus, but they wouldn't know that it was... Yeah, but they would get blamed on the kids. Right. That's when, you know, when they when Brian and Maurice go down into the underworld and he's like, hey, you want to 
Make a stop at one of your bullies? Yeah. See, that's another element to the movie, the bully. And and, and there's another thing I'll bring up later, but, well, maybe I'll bring it up after this. But yeah, Buzz, the, the Buzz character, well, his, it's fucking Ronnie Coleman's house. That's the name of the character. Oh, okay, yeah. The 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 kid who played Buzz in Home Alone. Right, That's what right. I was saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ronnie Coleman, they go to Ronnie Coleman's house, who's been picking on fucking Brian, the character from this movie. And they open up the fridge and they see a sandwich and they replace it with cat food. And then <laughs> the he tuna. Yeah, <laughs> the and then fucking <laughs> then Maurice drinks the apple cider and he's like burping in between each sip that he takes. And then he pisses in the bottle and puts it back in there. <laughs> and it's like that's a dream. Right. For me as a kid who got picked on a little bit, you know, when I was a younger kid. Mm-hmm. Like to do that to your bully. To do that to the bully was like very, very like, yeah. Right. But you know what? It did come full circle because they ended up using the bully and then, yeah. That was a lot. Of, that was a trope that they had because mm-hmm. like they, I was paying attention to that because they grabbed the bully. Maurice grabs the bully. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we could use you right now. We need the muscle. Right. And it was like showing that, hey, bullies aren't so bad. They're really... Just misunderstood, which is something I learned when I was a kid. Right. My dad was like, hey, you know, you know, he's like, look, I know you got picked on. And his first reaction would be like, kick him in the fucking balls, knock him the (laughs) fuck out. You know, and he would like yell at me, like to try to get me beefed up to like beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, just so you know, like he's like, those kids probably have it worse than you do. He's like, their home life might be really bad. And they're taking it out on you. And they're taking it out on you. He's like, you know, they might be, maybe their dad beats them and stuff. You don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it that yeah. way, you know? And that was like a big thing. So they had those kind of tropes back then, you know? Right. To say, hey, you know, these bullies aren't so bad. You, He's a misfit too. You just need to grab him, put him in your pile of friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that as well. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Snick's character? Did you like Snick? Snick was the bad guy. He was the big the, one with the big neck. He was hilarious. Yeah. I thought that, it was funny. And I loved how evil they made him. See, he was scary. Like, as a kid, like, you knew he was the scary guy. Rick Duckerman, who mm-hmm. is, he always talks like this, kind of like. Yeah. I always remember he was a big character in The Burbs. Uh-huh. He was one of the neighbors that, like, got drunk with the kids or whatever. Like, Would you put him in? I've... I've I would put him in like the Bill Murray section, like it was kind of that kind of humor. Oh, he was fr- he was friends with Bill Murray. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, he yeah. was in Groundhog Day. Oh, that's right. I'm sure he was friends with him, but yeah, right. But yeah, I thought he was a really good uh, bad guy. I thought he was funny, yeah. and I thought he was like beastly. And I, as soon as he I was. like, I just kept watching his face and his hair because it's such a clear picture on this Vestron video. Mm-hmm. So like I was seeing his wig that he was wearing and like you could <laughs> see his movie. actual hair underneath uh-huh. it. And I never noticed that before. And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's some really funny parts with him in it too. Like mm-hmm. where he, they blow him up and he puts his body back together, mm-hmm. which, oh, is, yeah, a, which that... is in the monster squad as well with mm-hmm. the werewolf. Right. So uh, and he's like got no, he's got an old leg and he's standing there kind of hopping around a little <laughs> bit. That was really funny. I loved the boy. That was always so creepy to me. It was creepy, but he really wasn't in that movie that long. No, but he is definitely creepy because the, the work that they did on it, guys, if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening now, they basically put a boy's face over top of this monster's face and he tapes it and ties it around the back of his head. <laughs> 
and it was creepy That's to me creepy. as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's Leatherface as a child right. in, in the monster world. Like that's right. kind of fucked up. I'm surprised no one's used that like concept. What? That I could think of. The the little boy's face on top of an adult's. Well, he's not an adult. He's just a straight up fucking mon- well, monster. He looks like a, uh, what do you call it? What were those? What do they call him? Mad balls? You oh were, yeah, he did look like a mad ball. He looked like a mad ball, yeah. like when we were. They kids. both did. Yeah, they both him and the other guy. They look like mad balls. Well, mostly the boy because like he's like this green ball, mm-hmm. and it's not even like that was a puppet, you right? Know, when they take this face right, off, right, right. Brian, why would you treat me so? Huh? <laughs> You're going to make me sad. <laughs> There was that scene where they try to scare the baby. They go into the baby's room to right. scare it. And it's like kind of fucked up. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. They, all those monsters go in there. They're like, we have to scare this baby. Yeah. And you're like, and like Fred Savage's character is like, this is fucked up. Like, what are you guys doing getting off on this? But there's some really cool fucking puppets in that in that scene. Yeah. The pumpkin one. They got that fucking weird snake thing with the eyes under the hat. And they're, like, trying oh, yeah. to scare the baby. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, like, that was pretty cool. It's just, like, little things that are in the background that they, they paid attention to detail with mm. and, like, different characters. Give it this, like, whole world thing. And I really think that I, I like that about this movie. Right. Um, it's probably, yeah. I feel so bad I gave it a seven now. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're talking about yeah, cause, it. Yeah, because, like, you know, like, I feel like a lot of that stuff is missing in, in movies these days, Ooh, you know? Yeah, but we don't watch the, like, the kid movies you know well, that's, I, mean? I think in a way why i also liked uh player ready player one mm-hmm. is because even though it was oh. cgi which i'm not a really fan of it had all those little things right, in the background yeah so other thing i really loved in this was the time and space thing when they mm-hmm. are gonna get trapped this is another element in it it's like Every time Brian goes into the underworld and hangs out all the time with his buddy Maurice, he becomes more and more and more like a monster. Right. So he becomes allergic to light and it turns him into clothes. Right. And so I thought it was really interesting how they did that. And then they get trapped. All of his friends go to battle the boy and they get trapped down there. Mm-hmm. And all the all of his friends are like, fuck, what do we do? He's like, we got to go west. So they head to California. Mm-hmm. But the distance to travel from the east coast to the west coast is like like three miles away. Right. Versus what it would be like. In, re- in, in reality. Re- in reality. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. That was, so that love, was a good little. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And then they like come out underneath a beach chair from some bum. Yeah, from a bum. In <laughs> California. Cool. And, and it, then them calling the parents. Right. Like at the end, like California. What? Yeah, I know. Malibu. Malibu, Rhode Island? No, they were (laughs) saying something something like Massachusetts? Yeah. Because they were in Massachusetts. Right, right. When they they were, yeah, that's where they moved to. I I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, What did you think of the sentimental moment right before he leaves to say goodbye to Maurice? Was it too much for you? Yeah, it was a little too long just because, like, your anticipate is like, oh, God, he's going to get trapped down there. What, you know? I don't know. cute. Like, I always, like, when I was a kid, I always thought, well, like, why is this, why are they saying goodbye forever? Right. You know, like. Because when you grow into an adult, there's no more magic. (laughs) I guess. Like, you're just going to ditch your friend. You're not going to come visit him once a week. Right, right. Like, you know what I mean? This dude's magic. Right. He's going to be the leader of the underground now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Things are going to change down there. It might be a better thing. Right. You know, maybe they won't be stealing kids so much to make entertain 
the boy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just love the imagination of this movie. And if you guys are with me, it probably is an eight to you or so, or higher even. Like, I know Devin, our friend Devin, would be like, dude, this is a classic. You can't fucking give it a seven. I'm like, yeah, but watching it again. Yeah, as an adult. Yeah, it's yeah. really different. It isn't like, it's not something we're going to go out of our way. It captured my watch. imagination as a child and I still respect it. So. Right, exactly. It really did because that was a, like way high concept right kind of kids movie do kids that age even watch movies because everything's just like disney (laughs) yes of course they watch movies what do you mean really do they really yeah of course just like anybody else i don't know people who don't i don't fucking know christina people who don't even like movies that much watch movies you know what (laughs) i mean like what do you mean well i meant i just meant like kids movies uh, well i guess the witches well they see that's a remake i would think oh. these days if, if they could keep a kid in their seat to shut the fuck up for an hour and a half they would probably make <laughs> their kid watch anything right you know whether it's fucking baby shark do 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 or baby, fucking baby whatever shark, do, 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 all right baby shark it should be a killer shark yeah baby eat the baby 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 eating babies shark is eating all right babies. okay all right wind it down now christine <laughs> anyway guys what do you think about this movie and shivers i would love to hear what you guys think about those two movies are you a fan of one or the other do you think i was fair with my score do you think christina was too low what did you give it again five yeah four or five Jesus, you're just so hard to please man yeah, so what are you going to throw at me next week? I don't know. I mean, if I gave you a 10, you'd probably give it a 2. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So next week, we are thinking about watching a couple of more, you know, movies geared towards Thanksgiving. And so we figured we would watch. We're going to watch Blood Rage from 1987 and Poultry Guys Night of the Chicken Dead from 2006. I've never seen that. Which I have, but it's been so long. I, I don't remember much about it, to be honest. So I, I, It's not available on anything. For, by the way, if you want to watch Blood Rage, you can watch that movie through Prime Video. So if you have a Prime account, you can watch it there. And if you want to watch Poultry Guys, you have to rent it currently. Um I don't see it anywhere else. I'm sure Troma Entertainment has the, they have their, you know, service too that you could be a part of, but you can either rent for $3 on like YouTube or Amazon Prime, I think. Actually, I don't even think it's on Amazon Prime right now, but might be able to rent it on uh, YouTube or whatever. There's also Troma Now, which is their streaming service that you could use. And I believe they even have an app for that now, so you can stream it to your TV if you want to broadcast it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they have a free trial subscription you can do. uh, I think they give you a 30-day free trial on Troma Now. Oh. So if you want to try that out, too. I've been wanting to anyway, just to try it out, because it's only five bucks a month anyway. So Mm -hmm. might be able to watch some new movies like that. We could do a fucking Troma Roulette. Oh, yay. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) me. But we don't really give a lot of trauma love around here. So we don't. don't. It's sorely fucking overlooked. And I used to love this shit. Right. I did, too. I feel like we should be doing a little bit more with it. Well, we will be next week. Maybe, yeah. So we're going to be doing the... Those two movies, so hopefully you guys can enjoy those. Blood Rage is definitely a Thanksgiving movie. It's one of the only ones that they always talk about. Unless there was a Thanksgiving movie, that's pretty much the number one Thanksgiving murder movie or uh-huh. horror movie. So I'm kind of curious to see that. And a Poultry Guys is just silly. 
uh-huh. fun, like over the top gore and shit like that from Troba. Mm-hmm. 2006 style, because that was when we were edgy. Oh, yeah. It was before everybody got offended by stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, but yeah, hopefully you guys can join us next week for that. Uh, you got your assignment. So thank you guys so much for stopping by. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode. And as always, long live the boys.